the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good Wednesday morning and welcome in to The Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network, filling in for Bruce. Quick shout out to the Alpha Beta Report, alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com. Those guys are going to show you how to turn a small amount of money into a towering asset with education on markets, trading, crypto. Get over to alphabetareport.com where you see my picture. Click on the green button. Type in my last name, Windsor, just like in Canada, just like the royal family, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, W-I-N-D-S-O-R. And the guys there will give you a discount. So thank you to the Alpha Beta Report. What a day do we, we have lined up for you here. We need to talk about Ukraine. Funding there, not going to happen. Uh, but it appears funding for Israel is also not going to happen. And Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, by the skin of his teeth, escaped a vote in the United States House to begin impeachment proceedings. Uh, who? Who? Republicans? Partnered with Democrats to say, eh, we don't want to do that. Who were they? And uh, we're going to dive into that. Nikki in Nevada, Nikki Haley, not a good look there. We'll talk about that. Ronna McDaniel, is she out as the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee? The Ohio House is back in session today for the only session scheduled before the March 19th primary. And we're going to talk about what that might mean. But before we get to all that, we're going to bring him in. He is Dr. Glenn Dewar. He's chair of history and government and a professor of international studies at Cedarville University. Dr. Glenn Dewar, welcome back. How are you today, sir? It's great to be with you. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am super fantastic, all things considered. <laughs> and I'm excited to learn. I'm going to tell you something. My last name is Windsor in my whole life, everyone has said. You know, are you part of – are you – and uh, my grandma had quite an infatuation with the royal family. And so I want to talk to you today about that. There's some big news about King Charles, about Harry returning. But before we get to all that, and this is probably more for me than our sophisticated learned listeners, what is the royal family? The royal family has a very long-standing lineage to – uh, before England was even a country, um, it was divided into various princely realms that was uh, eventually uh, consecrated and put together in the ninth century. And since that time, there has been a, a royal family over what it was England, then Great Britain, then the United Kingdom. It went through some undulations, especially during the English Civil War of the 1640s into the 1650s. There have been issues of lines of succession, but it's uh, a history that goes back to the divine right of kings, where the idea is that someone is appointed by God and that family then thereafter rules. 
And so the royal family has its heritage there, even though the United Kingdom became a constitutional monarchy in the 1700s. The royal family, while there's no formalized political power, still can do things around the edges and in terms of leadership can be very, very powerful as well. So it's a smallish family by many standards, but a significant one in terms of its position in the United Kingdom. And then there are numerous other countries around the world that have royal families as well. So let me ask you this, because I think this is the crux of it for me. What's the role in Europe? What's the role in the United States, aside from you know the symbolism? And, and I ignorantly have always attributed the royal family with doing doing good, right? Going out and supporting social projects and, and fundraising. But what is the, what is their role and implication in Europe and the United States? There are recess political powers uh, that can be utilized. So, for example, the the reigning monarch will meet uh, weekly with the sitting prime minister to discuss issues and affairs of the day, including foreign policy with the United States. And the other side of it is, uh, let's say, in the United States, that uh, the president is welcoming a dignitary from another country, a prime minister, a president, etc. But unfortunately, there's a natural disaster that happens, and then the president rightly should go to that area of the country that needs help. Who then receives the dignitary from another country? It, it can be difficult. Maybe the vice president do, does that. But in the United Kingdom, if the same thing happens to the prime minister, prime minister goes to take care of the people as needed. But then the uh, king or queen can then meet with the other dignitary, and they can have more formalized state meetings, a state dinner, for example. And so that can be a very, very big deal. But the bigger one really is, Um, influence, the ability to uh, show stability within the country, especially with Queen Elizabeth II, longstanding, helping the country get through the aftermath of World War II throughout many, many tumultuous points in the 20th century and well into the 21st. I think a lot of people looked at her across the world as a pillar of stability. And so the royal family can play that role within the society when a lot is changing, when a lot is unknown. There are there is a family that uh, acts in the best interest theoretically of the country, and as you mentioned, can can open new factories or businesses with ribbon cuttings and uh, can do a lot around the edges of politics while theoretically staying neutral uh, in the public eye as well, not holding a, an opinion. It's difficult to do, but it is important to have that neutral voice in politics, especially when. Some decisions may be necessary. Let's talk now about King Charles. What is his role and how might that change given uh, the recent news on his health battle? It's certainly a very difficult news out of the United Kingdom, especially given the special relationship between the United States and the United Kingdom. King Charles just turned 75 in November, so I think when he ascended to the throne, a lot of people knew that He probably wouldn't be there awfully long, but most people expected a decade, maybe somewhere around there. But to have a cancer diagnosis is a difficult one. And the uh, spokesperson for the palace uh, specifically said it's not the prostate cancer for which he was being treated. And so it's it's an interesting statement on the one hand, because... Um, typically when these things happen, uh, one thinks the the worst. There could be 
uh, stage four cancer, and you know he doesn't have long to live, especially with uh, his son Harry coming from California back to the United Kingdom to meet with him. On the other hand, uh, King Charles seems to want to leave a legacy of communication with the public. He's tried to be very open about his health issues, and uh, seemingly reports from the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and others have said, you know, they expect a full recovery from King Charles III. So it's hard to know exactly what to make of all of it. Uh, but King Charles, certainly when he was prince for decades, was probably more outspoken politically than he should have been. And thankfully, as king, he's taken a step back and has been, uh, like his mother, a source of stability for the country uh, in a time when there have been a significant rotation of prime ministers recently and a lot that's in flux with COVID and the aftermath of that as well. So about a minute and a half here. You mentioned Harry coming back, and some people may have read that tea leaf as, okay, this is serious. Uh, Harry is a very popular figure. Uh, what do you read into that, and um, how do you see his role changing in the future? That's that's the point that got me, that, that Harry was making a specific trip uh, all the way back to the United Kingdom. It said it had to be serious, but there's there's been a, a, a really um, arduous rift between him and his father, uh, in part over uh, politics and in part over positioning within the royal family and some of the history with it. And so uh, it'll be nice if the two men are able to settle all their issues. It's always good when a father and son can do that. But um, in terms of the royal line, Harry is further down. Uh, his brother, William, would be the next in line. And then William's three children, George and Charlotte and Louis, would all be there. So theoretically, Harry uh, is is in the line as a potential heir, but probably won't play an outsized role given William's family and the likelihood that he will take over um, at a certain point when Charles's life ends. When do we expect to know more about this? About 30 seconds. It's hard to know because the, the palace has been very forthright in its statement, but I'm surprised there hasn't been a wider leakage of the type of cancer or the stage of the cancer. And so uh, I think it will be in, in Charles's own timing. I think he's going to want to control the media narrative as best he can with it. And so we'll, ha- we'll have to wait and see on it. But it's, it's kind of left a lot of people in limbo, knowing that it's a serious diagnosis, but not one that's definitive. Uh, Dr. Deere, thank you for explaining all of that. I, uh, I have an awareness now that I didn't have before, and I appreciate you. He's a chair of history and government and professor of international studies at Cedarville University, Dr. Glenn Dewar. Thank you again, sir. Absolutely. My privilege. All right. And uh, thank you for listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer. Hey, uh, up next, I'm going to talk a little bit about Jericho's Light Club. That is a ministry in Franklinton, which is, uh, if you don't know, one of the poorer parts of, of Columbus. And uh, just got confirmation, Congressman Jim Jordan will be with us today at 1250, so stay tuned. Hey, welcome back in. Another big thank you to Dr. Glenn Dewar, Chair, History and Government, Professor of International Studies at Cedarville University, talking with us about the royal family. <clears throat> you know, at... Uh, I'm not going to minimize what he talks about because it's important. You know, King Charles, his health, 
um, and Harry uh, returning to visit his dad despite their tumultuous relationship. It just takes me back to a time. My grandma used to read a lot about the royal family in tabloids. Do you remember? Was it, was it the, the National Enquirer and all of the, the star, all of those uh, you know, half-sized newspapers that would come out and, of course, claim that someone had seen an alien in Wisconsin and, you know, uh, the prince or the king or the queen was doing this, that, or the other. And she was kept up on the royal family. And uh, so it just brings back some good memories, but uh, hopefully King Charles uh, recovers and uh, we'll keep our eye on what type of cancer he's battling right now. Um. I mentioned earlier, the Ohio House is back in session today. And if you go to ohiochannel.org, in fact, I'm going to search that up right now while I am on air live with you. So it looks like when you go there, the next session is today, February 7th at 2 p.m. I strongly suggest, we'll already be off the air by then, strongly suggest that you check in there today because I think you're going to see uh, exactly what your representatives are up to. Ron Ferguson was on with me a couple of weeks ago. State Representative Beth Lear. I am no longer in her district, but I know she's in a contested primary. Beth Lear is a patriot. Beth Lear is a conservative. Beth Lear is somebody who will stand up for parents' rights, who will help protect kids until they are adults, able to make their own choices, somebody who uh, has integrity and, uh, And so I value her coming on and talking with us about what may go on or may not go on today. I think what you can expect is uh, a lot of politicking. I don't know. Will will somebody attempt to vacate Jason Stevens from his chair today? Perhaps. Will they try to get some meaningful legislation across the finish line? I don't know. I think that uh, Jason Stevens and the Blue 22 – and by the way, I was on uh, with Michael Patrick Leahy today – and uh, in Virginia early this morning, and we were talking about several Ohio issues. And he said, hey, explain to our listeners what the Blue 22 uh, really means. And I said, the Blue 22, uh, they're traitors. They are Republicans who promised one thing in their caucus, and that was to support Derek Maron, who would have been the more conservative speaker who had an agenda uh, to get some conservative pieces of legislation over the finish line. And instead, they went against what they committed partnered with all Democrats and with a minority of Republicans elected Jason Stevens speaker. The consequence has been the most ineffectual General Assembly since the Eisenhower administration. And I will always put at the feet of Jason Stevens the fact that because of his shenanigans, there was a delay, there was a stall in getting a resolution on the floor, voted on and passed and in front of Ohio voters that would have increased the threshold to amend our Constitution to 60 percent. Had he done it prior to the February deadline in 2023, I believe it would have passed. It didn't. He didn't get it done. So what he had to do was call a special election. And then Democrats said, oh, my gosh, these guys are hypocrites. Republicans voted in the last General Assembly not to support these general elections. But look at them. They're doing exactly what they said they didn't want to do or need to do last General Assembly by doing this. And so there was, you know, a mark against the 60 percent resolution. Plus, it gave nefarious people like Hans-Jörg Viss and George Soros and uh, all – I mean, you, the, the Arabella Advisor Network of Democrat dark money to put millions into the state of Ohio to craft a message which the propaganda progressive press happily 
uh, thumped for and stumped for the progressives. And it, it, it failed as a result. Issue one in November passed that will allow abortion on demand without limit. It will at least open up the opportunity for legal arguments in Ohio's courts for minor children to gender transition and uh, and and maybe have abortions without parental involvement or consent. Uh, it's gross. And Jason Stevens, it's on you. It's on you and the blue twenty two. And uh, so you can see today whether they're going to try to cover their own rear ends or actually if they're going to try to get some legislative work done, the thing that they will lean on is go, well, look, we passed. We passed the veto override, House Bill 68. Good. Congratulations. You should have. As I tell my kids, you don't get a gold sticker for doing what you should do. You are Republicans. If if you're telling me that it was a chore to get fellow Republicans to say we're not going to give – puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to minors, and we're not going to allow clinics to make a boatload of money by cutting off their breasts and penises. You're an idiot. You have no business being in office and certainly have no business having an R behind your name. So that session will start at 2 p.m. today. Um, I'll tell you what. If you didn't, if you missed this yesterday, you can go to um, my Twitter feed, or I guess it's called X now. It's at Jack Windsor. And you can listen to what I will play in the next segment. J.D. Vance going scorched earth on the Senate border bill, which was an $118 billion appropriations bill that uh, would allocate half of that to Ukraine in one form or another. Um, As soon as it went out, it was attacked. Republicans in the House said this will be dead on arrival. And yesterday, Senate leaders who actually negotiated for the bill said, well, we may not have – that may not get to the floor on Wednesday. Uh, I'll tell you what J.D. Vance said about it, but I want to tell you what Steve Bannon said about it on uh, War Room yesterday. This is Cut 7, Steve Bannon talking about the uh, just complete and utter failure of the Senate border bill. This thing is dead. Unless somebody tries to pull out a hat, it's dead. It's not even going to get into the process. And it's already dead in the House. Now it's dead in the Senate. More importantly, Mitch McConnell's as wounded as he's ever been. There's talk out there right now. They're putting a whip list together on his removal as minority leader. You only need 25 votes. Uh, Sources tell me that there's real momentum there. To get rid of him, there's never been a crash and burn on a major piece of legislation like this in the history of the United States Senate. This is absolutely, totally humiliating for Mitch McConnell and his leadership team. And uh, thank you to Steve Bannon in the War Room for the express authority to use that content. Uh, Mitch McConnell. Is Mitch McConnell in trouble? I don't know. Give me a, give me a call. 844-TALK-989. We can talk about the Senate border bill, Mayorkas, Ukraine, uh, what else, whatever else is on your mind, give me a shout uh, back on the other side of the break. The Bruce Willis Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.